0: Okay, Johan Wetz, coming from the University of Leuven, as was told. What I'm going to bring here is a part of a presentation, part of a research we did uh, for the Belgian, for the Flemish government, you know, they're interested in new migration, they're interested in new migration coming from Eastern Europe, because we have the end soon, we will have the uh, The end of the transitory measures um, aimed at the at the Bulgarians and the Romanians. What does it mean? They said, okay, we had a lot of migration and apparently um, really some countries feel threatened, like the Dutch, they feel threatened. They organized a seminar even two weeks ago, they invited the Bulgarian Minister of Labour, they invited the Romanian Minister of Labour, because they are really being submerged by Bulgarians and by Romanians, they fear it. The Minister of Labour of um, Romania said, you know, you don't have to fear, because all those people who wanted to leave the country, they already left the country. And then of course, we don't have a crystal ball, but is this going to become true? What can we expect from Eastern European migration? And in fact, they are studying the case of Eastern European migration, they don't fear the Eastern European migrants as such, they especially fear the Roma migration. What can we expect from future Roma migration? Now. As I said, we don't have a crystal ball, but we can have a look at the dynamics of the Eastern European migration and afterwards, at the specificity of the Roma migration, and then we can look at migration theory, we have facts and figures, and we can try, no, not really look at the crystal ball, but to have some um, conclusions on this topic. Now, to start with, know that in a lot of countries, most of the European countries, there is no link between the labour markets in the sending countries and the labour market in the receiving countries. Theoretically, because in fact they can enter. What I'm trying to draw here is the case of the Belgian situation, but it's for most of the situations. that I'm interested in, without a pointer over here, with the shortages on the labour markets, Then people can enter in Belgium and apart from that is completely blocked but this blue arrow will open in beginning of December of next year. Apart from that of course it was possible also to enter the country. I'm not going to elaborate on all the rest because you see we have the reds arrow to the right and the blue arrow to the right. The red arrows always mean that people are paying social security contributions in the country of origin. The blue arrow means that the social security contributions are paid in the country of residence, the hosting countries. Now, What did we see? Just look at the figures from the last years, between 2003 and 2000, uh, 2012. Now we saw a constant rise of immigrants from Eastern Europe due to the E.U. 15 countries. Look at 2007. 2007 was a year of accession of Romania and Bulgaria, and there you see even a steeper rise of these figures. The rise is not equally distributed. If we look at the different countries, I've been calculating some indexes. If 2003 was 1, then 2012 was in the case of Belgium for the Romanians 10 uh, point five and the Bulgarians ten point nine. So we have an unequal spread of the um, or the new entrances. And look at Holland, for instance, here then you see that they have a tremendous increase relatively from the Bulgarians. But if you calculate, for instance, the concentration indexes with the Bulgarians, concentration indexes, look at the number of people of one nationality compared with the number of inhabitants of that country and then spread all over and then compared to overall situation in Europe. And then we have only two countries if you look at the Bulgarians with more than the average of Bulgarians and those are Spain and Belgium. But of course you got a st- Thomas theorem, you know a perceived reality, it's true in its consequences. And countries feel some countries feel that they are submerged by some nationalities. But that's the reality. Look at the Romanians. Where do you find the Romanians? You find them in Italy and you find them in Spain. The UK also says we got a lot of Romanians and lately more and more Romanians and that's true. But Italy has almost one million more Romanians within its borders than the UK has. So the situation is changing dramatically. And why are they moving? Because they want to earn their living. And then look at, I took Belgium and you see the income per head of the population compared to the other countries, I will take the other countries apart from that. And then you see Hungary, Poland and you see that even the income per head of the population in Turkey is much higher than in countries like Romania or Bulgaria. Romania or Bulgaria, people are earning more on the average than Morocco and then look just look at the minimum wages of some countries and then you see that the minimum wages in countries there we have the light yellow romania and bulgaria the minimum wages are around 200 dollars a month uh, 200 euro a month compared with like for instance Holland, Belgium, we have 1400 between 1400 and 1500 months and then of course we have euro lines the buses you pay 60 Euro to go from one part of Europe to the other, or we have um, visa, for instance, we're going for cheap fares, go from one country to another, they come quite close. So, what do we see? We have much more migration every year, the legislation is going to change, and now the hurdles between the obstacles between Eastern Europe and Western Europe are going to disappear. We're going back to theory in a the minute. Now, let's look at the Roma migration because those countries. Romania and Bulgaria we have a lot of Roma migrants. Roma migrants, what are Roma migrants? You can ask the Roman then say so often the Roma call themselves Roma. Some people were called by other people Roma, don't call themselves Roma. In Roma we have because they are not registered like that, they are not registered as Roma. They, some Roma are EU citizens, some Roma are not. They speak different languages, some speak the Roma language, some speak Bulgarian in Bulgaria, some speak Turkish in Bulgaria. We have all different kind of language, we have all different denominations. A lot of Roma are Protestant, Pentecostal churches, but we have Orthodox Roma, we have Catholic Roma, we have Muslim Roma. The Roma come from Kosovo, for instance, are to a large extent non-EU citizens and Muslim. Some Roma, a lot of Roma are unemployed um been visiting some villages in the east of Hungary, where we had in villages unemployment ratios of more than 97% of unemployment. A lot of unemployed, but there are also a lot who are working, generation after generation they are working. Um, many of them live sedentary lives, but not all. A lot of them live in, vi- in cities, but not all. Some are living on the countryside. So it's a kind of a homogeneous group. Where are they living? Look at the map. They are living all spread over Europe, and <laughs> they're living all spread all over Europe, and especially Romania and Bulgaria. If we look at the percentage, now we see a large percentage, around 10 percent, 8 percent to 12 percent, are living in Romania and Bulgaria. Those countries who will have free access to the European labour market shortly. Now. What's the problem with the Romanians, the, the, the Roma population? That's something I was told yesterday, that even Romania is now talking about a discussion we should call the Roma different, because Roma-Romanian people are getting confused, so the Roma should get another label to not to be confused with the Romanians. I was told by one of the Romanian participants. <laughs> So they live in a situation of marginalization. Marginalization, this means most of the time a lack of education. If you're not educated, this means you have a lack of skills, a high risk of unemployment, a lack of income, limited access to social assistance, then poverty, social exclusion. This means people engage in informal activities. If they engage in informal activities, then you have hostility of local communities, they're marginalized, and the next generation, it just goes like that. Now we're coming already. This is a sit- actual situation, and of course we have been heading. We have already passed a long way. This is a poster from 1852, and I admit it's a decade before the abolition of uh, slavery in the United States. But it's a poster um, advertising a sale of Roma. So uh, ten men, seven women, and three children can be bought for those who want to buy some Roma. That's already quite a long time ago, but more recently you see that you have still anti-Roma sentiment. You have them in Bulgaria. where Here a picture of a manifestation where they said we don't want to live in a Roma state, or even if it's officially from the, SNP in Slovakia, where they said we don't tolerate parasites. So the atmosphere is not really positive, and it has changed. Not to, um, it has changed since. The fall of the Iron Curtain, but not in a positive way. Now, what can migration theory learn us? And one of the things I'm showing then, Wilber, I was kind of reluctant because I'm really referring to two old theories. But yesterday, I was in a speech of Herrn Haas and he was referring to exactly the same theories. So I definitely was not alone. Why uh, Wilbur Zielinski and then maybe this hunt we see over here is more or less the same hunt we can see over here. Um, this is the situation of, east of southern European countries in the 70s. And then you saw that there is a link between the migration propensity and the income per head of the population. Over here, it's in US dollar. And if you would project countries like Romania and Bulgaria on this, um, for instance, then uh, most probably be somewhere here. Um, Poland, Turkey, and uh, Bulgaria, they all, all uh, already passed the summit. So, based on that, and the, the graph I showed with the um, Incomprehend of the population, then we can say not really very a lot of evidence that they will not, that they will start, that they will stop to, um, to migrate. Then of course we have here what Anne has showed uh, in the previous presentation also. We have the push-pull model from Lee. Why, why am I showing it? Because this was, should have been the basic for uh, the people who commissioned this research. They wanted us to look at push and at pull. Now, what can we say that a lot of the negative factors, they are... Um, we, we have more negative factors in, a, in some of the... If we are looking at the Romanian migration, at, at the Roma migration, more negative factors, the intervening obstacles or legal intervening obstacles they're going to disappear and then we have quite a tragic, of course, we also have a negative reaction towards Eastern European migrants, towards Roma migrants, but on the other hand we have a social security system and very often you can rely on that social security system to have a quite decent life. Now, what can we conclude? The last decade we had uh, Grow of had uh, the significant growth of the Eastern European migration towards Western European countries. The transitory measures are going to disappear after the 1st of January and the income per head of the population and the minimum wages, they're not going to change in a short time. So this means this situation will stay more or less the same. And the distance between countries like Romania and Bulgaria and Countries like the Western European countries or Spain or Italy, they are quite close. It's not the same as trying to go from Latin America to the United States, for instance. The Roma population, they are quite heterogeneous. They are not registered. It's a quite extensive group. Uh, Six million are living in the European Union as EU citizens. And they make up, according to the European Union, they make up the most vulnerable and, and, um, the most vulnerable minority group in the whole of Europe. So the regime change in the Eastern European countries has not improved the situation of the Roma. So if we can will conclude in more generally, the migration from Romania and Bulgaria to the other EU countries grows annually. That's what we saw. There is no economic evidence or, um, that the wages are going that the difference in wages are going to disappear on the short term. The social situation of the Roma is not something to be uh, very positive about in the countries of origin. And the opportunity structures are going to change. Opportunity structure this means there were some legal um, hurdles and they are going to disappear in the short term. Officials like the Romanian labor minister, she said that we don't have to fear more migration from Eastern Europe in the near future. And then we can say there is little evidence that uh, little evidence if we look at the facts of the figures, little evidence if we look at theory that we will have less migration. I would even say on the contrary. And then the challenge is because we have this. Um, Common basic principles on Roma integration, and then challenges. How are we really going to put this, put this into practice? Because the, um, the second, ten basic principles. I think the second basic principle is that we need to develop a policy that is explicit but not exclusive. And then that is the real challenge. I'm pretty convinced we will have much more migration coming from Eastern Europe. And policymakers, they don't know what to do. Thank you.